Blog Talk Radio. Good evening. Welcome once again to Madam Perry Salon. I'm your host, your groove mistress, and uh, I don't know, maybe I'll be the um, what creative director for the evening. Who knows? But I am happy to be here for you. And of course, you don't have to call me Madam. You can call me Jen, Jennifer, JP, Perry. I'm just glad to be here with you and glad that you're listening. And thanks to all my listeners and the very nice and interesting comments I get from everyone in the reviews. Um, I really appreciate that. It lets me know what you like and, and what, uh, what I'm doing right for you. And if you're listening tonight live, this is September 14th, 2021. If you're listening on Blog Talk Radio, if you want, you can look at the, uh, I think there's a, a rectangle, I believe in the south, we call it a fuchsia, like an azalea fuchsia colored with white words that says in um follow and you can click on that and follow or whatever podcast app you use to listen to podcasts you can also follow on that we're on iHeartRadio, um spotify apple itunes podbean there's a lot of them that i haven't even submitted to that i think they're making money off it but it's okay because the thing is if people enjoy it let's all get out there uh, someone was asking me today about some of the recent guests. We had uh, Grammy Award-winning saxophonist Dave Cobb on the show a couple of months back. He wasn't sure if he was going to be going through with his tour, but he's in the swing of it now. He's got Mindy Bear, Kirk Whalem, all kinds of cool people on there, and they're doing great. He's going to be – the tour just has started, really, so we've got a couple of more months to go with it, so hopefully you'll get to see Dave Cobb, and hopefully I will, too. Also, uh DC, the Brain Supreme, half of Tag Team, you know, whoop, there it is, and he does the Geico commercial, scoop, there it is. DC is the guy that said, says sprinkles at the end. Uh, yes, someone's asked today about what kind of a guest he was. If you listen, and you know, it's always no cost to listen to this show at any time on any platform. Uh, he was so generous. DC was so generous wanting to share advice with people about whether it was getting in the show business or any kind of business or any goals that you had. He had excellent advice, and he sincerely wanted to share it. In fact, if you listen, you know he gave out his email address. And I know it's real because that's the one I use when we talk. So it's uh, dcgottaeat at gmail.com. So check that out and listen to him. He has... Just a very generous heart and soul, but very intelligent as well as talented. So that was a happy one. Also, who else recently? Oh, Arden Marine. Uh, you might know her from back in the days of Mad TV. Also, uh, she was on the Netflix show Insatiable. She plays the hilarious real estate agent who stole an Asian baby, Regina Sinclair. Her book is called 
Little Miss Little Compton, all about growing up in Little Compton, Rhode Island, and she is hilarious, but she also has a lot of generous, helpful advice for people in any kind of business in life and how to go for it, and if it doesn't work out, to find the pivot. So, yeah, check out her, too. And if you still, a lot of people that listen to her on here and got the book also got a tote bag she made to go with it, or had made. Um, So, yeah, check that out. Now, this is going to be such a good night, and I can tell people have been checking with me about this because I know I had to cancel last time because I had um, laryngitis, but this is legit. He's here. This is going to happen. I am so excited. Uh, tonight's guest is an environmentalist. He's traveled the globe to implement evergreen regenerative development projects for people, animals, and the environment. He's also an attorney who specialized in advancing legislation to enhance sustainable personal community and global development. Uh, the co-director of Partnerships for Change, which you probably know is a nonprofit implementing international projects to promote compassion, empower women, and abolish cruelty to people, animals, and the environment. And that's just part of why I am so, just so totally psyched to have him here tonight. Um, Very happy. He's got a brand new book called A Rising Soul, Pals. Keep your eyes on the rise. It's based on stories, um, as they consider him the the modern Aesop from Aesop's Fables, which I loved. Um, one of the first books I remember, things I remember checking out of the library as a kid were Aesop's Fables. So please let me say I am so happy to have right here in the genie bottle of Madame Perry's salon, my salon in cyberspace, Andrew P. Michael. Welcome to the show, Andrew. Thank you, Madame Perry. It's, it's quite an honor to be with you and I really uh, love your your attitude. I'm very grateful for your attitude. I call it. I'm gratitude. I have a lot of gratitude for your attitude. So thank you. <laughs> oh, well, you're welcome. Thank you. you know who you sound like though. Uh, I was mentioning Dave Cos. I'm sure you know Dave. Mm-hmm. And that's a very important thing for him too. When people show gratitude, he thinks that makes all the difference. You know. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, you have very similar uh, philosophies, uh, or beliefs, not just, a, and beliefs and uh, values. So I, that's, yeah, very interesting. Gratitude, mm-hmm. it makes a heck of a difference. It really does. And it, it really does, yeah. It's con- you know, especially when you're maybe not in the best of frame of mind, you know, just finding that little piece of gratitude can kind of blossom within yourself. There's such a great, um, you know, talent, and not only just a talent, but a great ability to recognize, appreciate what's around you, and also to, uh, you know, in that way, it's a giving, really giving mm-hmm. of appreciation to other people, which is mightily appreciated, usually. And and uh, it's amazing what it will do. You know, I was talking about, Arden Marine says she's big on, you know, knowing when and how to pivot uh, when things aren't working just right. And I said, for me, it was a situation where I won't go into it now because I've told the story on here a few times, but a situation that people said um, after it happened, it was like a night of, you know, um, bizarre car accident and other people mm-hmm. involved, you know, none of us were hurt. None of us hit each other. Just a drive shaft dropped out of a, a tractor trailer ahead of me, but it was the middle of the night, but it wasn't raining. Nobody was hurt. None of us that were involved yeah. hit each other. Okay, and it led to one of the most eventful adventures 
adventures that night between the the uh, the record driver and his girlfriend and the, where they took me and sitting in the Waffle House waiting for the tire place to open. I had such a good time just the people I met and listened <laughs> to the stories they told. And everybody would go, oh, you poor thing. What a horrible – oh, are you okay? I said, I'm okay. I'm more than okay. I hear some of the best stories ever. These are people who were fun. They were interesting. Mm-hmm. And uh, – Oh gosh, don't don't feel sorry for me. Don't cry for me, Argentina. I had a good time and I wasn't hurt and my car was very sturdy. It lasted and uh yeah, everything yeah. It can make yeah. all the difference. If I'd sat there whining, I would have never realized how much fun yeah. these people were. <laughs> everywhere. Mm-hmm. Wrecker, Waffle House tire play everywhere so yeah yeah it's good so but let's get to the real subject which is you you've got a brand new book and i want you to tell us uh a rising soul pals keep your eyes on the rise tell us what uh i know you've been called like a modern day aesop who wrote the fables that i love so much and tell me about also about you as a storyteller how how you are using stories to, to educate and teach people, and also, what is a soul pal? Okay. Yeah, I'd be happy to answer that. I mean, I think, um, I think a lot of everybody thinks in their own way and often has a, a certain way of thinking. Some people think more in terms of narratives and stories and, um, and have uh, an emotional drive to it. Other people are, are more, I would call, sort of like an engineering mindset, We're really interested in how things are done, why they're done, and kind of think in a more, I would call it almost sequential pattern. So I think, I think the beautiful thing about stories is they can be told to, have, to hopefully reach different perspectives and, and reach them in a the sense of uh, to be able to relate to the characters so, they, so people really feel a connection and feel like, um, it's an extension of, of themselves in some ways, and therefore mm-hmm. they can relate to to the characters and, and also be able to, um, from that relationship, really uh, increase their own understanding and learning about things um, in a fun way. So it's not just kind of uh, being taught or told certain things uh, that you should know, but more of an enjoyable uh, journey, really. Um, that you can you can enjoy by reading the story. So that is part of why I really got into uh, these stories. I, I I also traveled a great deal and have traveled a great deal around the world and have spent um, some wonderful time with people, many people in different cultures, from uh, India to certain parts of Africa and here in the United States as well, and a little and in South America as well. And I just find that there's such an incredible amount of learning that I, I experienced just by being in different cultures, learning about different people's beliefs and the way that affected the way they live. And, and also being in those places also was interesting to see to me how nature also affected how, how people are. And, and also I love nature myself. So all these things kind of came together uh, in addition to uh, my work which I had done a great deal of uh, work on public policy, and um, that was really to create um, d- uh, different kinds of policies that would promote sustainable development, which is really a harmonious uh, perspective on how to, how to 
develop both our individual selves, but also develop in the world and how we uh, can live in harmony and peace with animals and nature. Um, so all those things came together because I was working on the, on this uh, policy for good, you know, 10 to 15 years. And we, we really had a big part of our effort was to engage people in our community because it was a, a regional uh, effort. Uh, so we created a regional alliance to promote sustainable development to really get people interested to so that they would want to be supporters of policy that promotes sustainable development. And, and I really loved the work, but I also found it frustrating because I found that we weren't reaching people as much as we had hoped to. We really wanted to reach a, you know, a critical mass of people that could really um, appreciate it and also want to support it, this kind of uh, way of growing and developing in our own region as well as globally. And, but I, but I, what, what I found is one of the uh, missing pieces or, or lack in it was that um, people were not necessarily grabbing on to this very much, as much as we wanted. And I thought, kind of as I thought about it, it's like the way we were telling the story about what we're doing, why we're doing it, felt to me very um, prescriptive, uh, preachy, um, and sometimes I'm, I'm sure it might have even come, come across in a righteous way, which can actually turn people off. So that, that's what kind of got me into this thing, you know, feeling like, okay, real stories that really engage engage me and would engage other people is a better way of uh, explaining things, teaching things without being a teacher, but really letting people to go through the journey to, to have this understanding. So that's why um, this, this book has been a labor of love because it, it, it has come from that experience and also uh, to a certain degree the way I've learned, learned to think about things and some things that uh, help, I believe, in my own understanding and, and raising of consciousness. So I wrote the stories to, to really integrate those things. So, um, And the reason uh, some people have called it fables is because I do hope that as the story, as you're enjoying the story and the characters and relating to them, you're also uh, getting some key um, understandings and thinking to yourself that maybe you already have, but maybe you can grow it some more that actually relates to our, our ability to be conscious and be conscious of everything, including ourselves. And so um, that's really why I wrote the book. And so, and so the fables, you know, there's a certain pattern to, to the stories as well. And they take, most of them are focused on different kinds of animals and how people relate to them and how they, in some cases, want to save them from things like poachers or an environment around them that, that is detracting from their ability to live, everything from, um, you know, incredible increase in uh, desertification and, and, and evaporation of water from key places. And water, you know, of course, is a key part of who we are physically as well as how we can live. And so th the stories go into that in terms of, of people and animals and around the world. So, you know, it starts with a pelican park, which is a story about a pelican and how it relates to things in its environment. So in this case, it's relating to um, a, a huge oil spill. And it's based on, based on facts, things that have happened to people here as well as other parts of the world, and then how they respond to it 
and how the animals also respond to it and how together um, some, some great things can happen, but also some, some negative things can happen if we, if we don't watch out. So Pelican Park is the first. And then the story goes kind of up in altitude um, from, a, from a pelican that does half time in the water, half time on, on land, really, to an egret that lives primarily on land. And, and each of them, each of these stories from the egret, then the next one is really about a group of animals that include an elephant, uh, hippopotamus, um, other, other crocodiles, and other animals in this area. Um, this area is actually in Africa. And, and so what happens is we learn about the nature of these animals, and a lot of them that, that I learned about as I was traveling and, and actually have done research on as well. So we learn, to me, fascinating things about the animals and also um, how that relates to, to, to the people that are around them from the different uh, cultures and so forth. Uh, and and as, as you read these stories, you also go from, uh, high, you get into higher and higher altitudes of where these animals live. So from the water to the, to the ground and to the, the ground area, so you have animals like hippopotamus, elephants, cattle, all those, all those kinds of animals to uh, flying up in the air to, um, you know, eagles and to some also mythic characters that relate to, the, to real animals. And so, yeah, I, so it's like an upward spiral, which is also a big part of these stories is that we can relate to, the, to these characters by, um, in, in some cases, metaphor where we're relating to another uh, total uh, reality in terms of like how a, an animal may see things and experience things, um, but also has the nature of some, some of these animals relate directly to our nature, and I hope we can also uh, learn from them, learn things about our, that can help ourselves in our own growth. And that's what the metaphor is of an upward spiral. So it's in a way how we all can live, meaning we, we are continuing to rise in our own understanding and consciousness, which directly impacts how we uh, treat ourselves and other people and the whole environment around us. So that's kind of a little background on the stories and the <clears throat> primary characters in, in these I call soul pals because they're really animals and, and they're animals, but the way, like I said, their nature in some some instances is really related to our nature, so we can learn from them, and and so that the soul pal learn from them in the sense of uh, raise our own consciousness. Uh, which why is that important? Because I think uh, at, at at a very deep level, how we think, how we feel, and then how we act is really how we um, how we is really basically based on our consciousness. So if we um, are able to raise that consciousness, we will also raise our, the, the way that we relate to everybody and everything and also nature in, in a positive way. So we care about it and we want to do things that promote that, those ways of being. So I hope that, hope that answered. There's another element of that I can I'll talk about that a little bit later. Okay. It, because, um, yeah, so many things you said – <laughs> you've got the you've got the uh, um, you've got the pinball machine of my mind just going around. Uh, yeah. What 
we yeah. talk about some people didn't take haven't taken things um as seriously as many of us hoped that they would as far as um environment uh what could mm-hmm. happen uh to the uh, global warming and the climate change and so forth and and maybe that was part what you said maybe it was part of it maybe it came off too preachy because you know it's it's how you deliver the message it's how people yeah. receive it do you sound like you're fussing at them or are, are you informing them are you letting them know? Mm-hmm. And I, I hadn't thought about it like that before. But, yeah, it can be how, you know, there's, there's the message and, and the um, receiver and how it gets across. And if it's if it's going to grade at somebody, no, they're not going to listen or maybe they're not going to be aware. And, yet I was thinking earlier today for some reason about how, um, you know, a couple hundred years ago uh, when people settled in states, United States or America, they – thought, oh, uh, you know, well, there's so many trees and so many buffalo, everything will never run out. Mm-hmm. This will yeah. yeah. last forever. You know, and that's not true. Now, and so many places are in serious danger. Mm-hmm. Um, in the state, California, all the, the, the floods, um, Mm-hmm. It, it's hard. It's like it's sort of like sci-fi movies. You know, I, I used to say that the reason we don't have mm-hmm. – um, I used to tell people the reason we don't have magazines or tabloids like the National Enquirer anymore is because the real news is so crazy that those things mean nothing. And now I think about some of the movies we've seen like uh, Day After Tomorrow and things like that with Mm -hmm. some kind of uh, um, environmental uh, catastrophe, collapse, um, apocalypse Mm -hmm. situation, anything, you know, this is getting, you know, people kid around and say, oh man, this is like biblical stuff, but it's starting to get to pretty mm-hmm. close to those films. They're starting to look more like documentaries. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And, um, yeah, these uh, stories and and the way we see life, like movies, um, really are, are a way that we actually learn about our own life and how we relate to everything. So, like, you know, these stories that, that have a lot of destruction um, can be very exciting and interesting, but also they can – impact us if they start to be what we start to look for. And that, that's what's kind of interesting. Some stories do that, and, and, if, and to be conscious of that is really critical because um, I, kinda, I, I believe that what we see and what we think is a lot, reflects a lot on what we actually continue to see and make our reality. So if we see um, a lot of destruction, which a lot of it is true, and it can motivate us actually to do to do something different to prevent it. But also, if if they're negative stories, like um, I'll give you an example. Like, I mean, where I live, um, there's a, a network that people share, you know, different things that are happening in their neighborhood. And I notice on this network that a lot of it talks about crime, bad things that are happening to people. Watch out for this. Watch out for that. And yes, it's important to be aware of those things so you don't get into them. But but also, I think it creates a, a general sense about how you feel about your own community. I mean, do you do you fear your community more because you're you're worried and you're always watching out for a criminal, for somebody that might be stealing something, or somebody might pull a gun or a robbery? You know, so it has relevance. But if if it becomes the dominant way that you see your your community. I don't think that's positive. I think that actually, like when I go out walking, for instance, if I've got a lot of that in my head, I'm actually kind of watching out, looking, looking every, almost paranoid, 
you know, to a, to a point mm-hmm. if that's where my mind stays. So that's why, um, you know, the, the stories and what we learn about and think about are so critical to how we think and how we feel of what our consciousness is. And, and back to this idea of, you know, what, what stories make up our, our living. I mean, the stories are not only like movies, like we're talking about in books, but also just the stories that we tell ourselves are, are the stories that we believe. And, um, and so to become fully aware of that is really critical. And, and also if, it, if there are things in the stories that are, that we want to keep in our own consciousness, we want to feel because we want more of that, um, they can be very helpful. And that's what um, another element of Soul Pals is they are what they call acronym mantras. And <clears throat> what is that? It's a, it's a way of uh, seeing things, having a perspective on things, and also remembering those things so that they're almost like, like a mantra. is considered just, it's like a saying or a, a phrase that you remember in your, in your mind because it's so powerful in terms of you can feel it, you can see it often, and you can even hear it in your mind's eye or, or around you. And so that helps you remember it. So it's part of your consciousness more and more. And, and like you were talking about earlier, there are times in our lives that I think, um, and times in my life that I, I wanted to pivot from a certain way of feeling and thinking. And, and these acronym mantras, these different characters, each of the soul pals, in the story, like I said, is a character and a soul pal, meaning they have a, a important message that that can help you and improve your life. I think, and I use them in my life. And I'm not saying these are the end all be all, but I think they can have a have a positive impact and in your own life and how you feel about your life. So, a quick and simple uh, acronym, and there's a story about this in the book as well, is about a, a woman. Uh, her name is Celia, and her dog, and the woman is backing out of her, her her garage and out of her driveway, and she's just backing out, and her window's open, and this dog, uh, who happens to be named Clancy, is, is looking and starts barking vociferously in her ear, and she, like, stops out of, like, what, what's the problem? What's the problem? And then and because she was able to stop, a little child basically comes in her view mm-hmm. And the child was literally right behind her car, and she couldn't see it. Mm. So that's the case of where she looked at the dog, and, and at first the dog, you know, it was it was a neighborhood dog. She lo- loves dogs and things like that. But you know, she was uh, alarmed. And so now, a way of of looking at this dog, Clancy, is also a way of reaffirming a certain thought that you want to keep in your mind, which is. And we were talking this at the very beginning. So DOG, it's an acronym meaning. The letters of the word, uh, the letters of that word spell words that then create a meaningful phrase to yourself. Um, and that's, an, that's what an acronym is. And a mantra is because you can repeat it and then it becomes part of your, in a way, your second nature, your consciousness. Um, the dog stands for <clears throat> dwell on goodness, D-O-G, which, which, which the idea of this, this kind of a so-called character is that when, whenever you see a dog or think about a dog, um, or if you have, have a dog as a pet, you're also going to think, dwell on goodness. It's like a, a mantra to remind you of what to focus on and, how, and so that it will be a, a, a good quality in your life. So that's, that's an example of a soul pal and a mantra where 
instead of saying maybe you might have some people have had bad experiences with dogs in the past and you know so, so by seeing a dog in a different light it actually can mm-hmm. help you pivot to, to mm-hmm. that's how you're going to feel about the dog more often and even feel about yourself <laughs> I like it I like that uh, and of course that fits for dogs uh, definitely yeah. I am going to stop just a moment if, and again if you're listening live out there September 14th, and you have a question or comment for Andrew, you can give us a call at 646-716-9922. That's 646-716-9922, and it's a toll-free call in the continental U.S. Or if you're in a situation where you can't make a phone call but you want to get a message through, all you have to do is just message me on uh, Facebook, either through Madam Perry Salon or through Jennifer Maudette Perry, and I will be happy to share that. So right now, I'm going to take just about 45 seconds, share a message, and uh, be right back with Andrew P. Michael. I mean, the world has gone crazy, right? I mean, this whole pandemic, I don't even know if I'm coming or going anymore. You know what I mean? But the one thing during the pandemic that I found out, right, that was a good thing, was the Madame Paris Salon. I mean, this podcast, right, when you hear her laughing, all you want to do is laugh. Right? When her dog's barking in the background and she's talking to the dog, I'm like, she's going to an interview. And I'm like, this podcast is the best podcast I've ever heard before. You know what I mean? Well, I don't know if it's the best one you've ever heard, Sebastian, but I certainly <laughs> hope it's among your favorites and you enjoy. Um, okay, Jennifer Perry back here with Andrew P. Michael. And I've got so many questions to ask you, but I really yeah. like, we I was just about to ask you before you, uh, before you, brought up the subject of the AMP, the A-M-P, the um, mm-hmm. just acronym mantra, mantra power. Yeah. And, and, and reading through a list of them, uh, it's, it's almost uncanny how the acronym, uh, uh, the words that they stand for really suit the word like OWL. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Tell us about that one, because I thought, what a perfect acronym for that, to match the animal yeah, OWL. Yeah, thank too. you. Yeah. Um, yeah, um, thank you for asking the question. So, um, and OWL, and all these uh, different acronyms we're talking about, there are stories in, in the book. Some of them are chapters, and there are some that are actually just little little stories that you can read also. And they're connected in the back of the book to a certain website as well as being in the book itself. So an owl, um, you know, I look at an owl and, and watch an owl and observe an owl. And, of course, there's certain characters that have uh, characteristics. One is it has an uncanny ability to move its neck in almost 360 degrees. So what, what does that really mean? It really means it can see the whole picture of all of its surroundings. And uh, owls in... in um, many mytho- uh, in mythology and different ways people look at owls in terms even like uh, 
like characters in a um, tarot cards or something like that. They're, mm-hmm. they're associated with, with being wise often. Um, a wise owl, it's very common to hear that. And so I was just thinking about Al, and it's really like um, I'm thinking, okay, for me, in my own life, I'm, I, I want to be wise. I want to be smart. And by looking at an owl, I kept thinking, you know what? If I'm like an owl, I'm able to see my, my full surroundings just like the nature of an owl. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make great choices in my life, and they're, they're going to be based on seeing everything around me, my, the wholeness around me. So I thought, okay. I thought, okay, now that really stands for opportunities won't linger, O-W-L, mm-hmm. meaning seize, seize the moment as, as, you know, carpe diem, seize the moment, take advantage of it right now. And the, the key is when you do that, instead of being, you know, just kind of reactive and just reacting to things without any kind of thought, is like the key to, it, to a good choice is understanding everything around you to make it the best choice. And so Al is one of those, again, SOLPAL acronym mantra. And, and the reason I call it AMP, acronym mantra power, is that also is an acronym, acronym <laughs> mantra power. Because AMP in its meaning is energy. I mean, the meaning of an AMP is to reflect a certain level of energy. So the idea, again, of SOLPALs and, and these mantras, acronyms, is to really increase your energy in life, increase your power in life. And so that's that's what an owl would mean um, as a soul pal, and that's what I think it's fun because it's like I said, the nature of the owl, how it, how it is in the world, really, like you said, makes for the meaning of of the mantra, and then hopefully makes uh, something that that can help you as well, as it helps me. It is. It, it's just perfect. Just makes me wonder. You've got to wonder with that, you know. Okay, and and not that you're not a, a extremely smart man i know you are but when you have something like that you have to wonder did that come out of me alone or was that given to me you know just sort of like from oh, the owl from the earth yeah i just, i totally thank you for, for saying that because a lot of these things you're right i mean I, they they come to me i don't necessarily think um you know, like you said i'm brilliant at all but um they come to me and then because they come to me some like a lot of them actually come to me in second as second nature like i have no idea where that came from but i just i just felt it or thought it you know so <laughs> that's an example right I mean, and i like i like some of these um some of these characters in the stories because um as i also like to say there's uh, there's clarity and hilarity so some of these <laughs> beautiful animals have the way they act is also uh, brings clarity and and it's hilarious too to think of them like um, I mean a zebra you know you look at a zebra you know it has you know beautiful black and white pattern it's sometimes associated with you know very creative quality and also to to be able to see black and white at one time is kind of cool it's like not some people use black and white like the difference is you see the black or white well in the case of a the zebra is kind of hilarious because it's the exact exact opposite because you see the wholeness instead of seeing the difference of the black and white. Mm-hmm. And then the hilarity in it is also because um, uh, if you take the, the, the quality of an, a zebra, and a lot of people see them as, as, uh, as kind of as interesting and even, even, even zany. I mean, it, I've seen uh, wonderful 
uh, pictures of zebra where where all their 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 stripes are not black and white, but they're multicolor. So it's kind of a fun way to look at it. So um, the acronym for zebra, the acronym mantra is, for zebras, zany expressions bring rare authenticity. So zebra, and and so a reminder that you know being serious all the time, you don't have to be, and in fact. Through zany expressions, you allow other people to bring out whatever is natural to them as well. So it's it's an encouragement for for me and others to you know don't don't worry about being zany. Don't feel bad about it or feel judged about it. But go for it because it really can help other people as well. Would you please say that again for the, the yeah, zebra acronym? Sure. Please just say it out loud again here. <laughs> sure, zany expressions. Bring rare authenticity. Okay. Just had to hear that again. That's that's so perfect. Yeah. I've got to ask you a couple of questions, too, but I'm going to give you two questions, and then you decide which one you want to go with first. Uh, one is I mm-hmm. want to talk to you about how uh, your new book makes a case for raising consciousness as a means to fight climate change and the destruction it's causing um, and why. But also mm-hmm. I want to t- talk about it because I'm – I'm not sure if one really came before, I guess one came before the other, but I get the feeling that this is something that's always meant a lot to you. But you've traveled so much. You've been to uh, the Indian subcontinent. You've been to China, into Africa, and, and I know where else. And you sound a lot, listening to you, I think about my husband for um, for years and years and years. His work took him around the country, and he'd be in other countries for a couple of months at a time. And quite often mm-hmm. he would be in Africa, mostly in West Africa, like, you know, Guinea-Bissau, you know, Conakry, places wow. like that. And then sometimes um, maybe in um, Central, you know, Northern Africa. But he would send me a picture, and I know that you know the beauty of this. He would send me uh, a picture of, he said, well, this was our traffic jam today. And it would be where they were stopped mm-hmm. and just a herd of zebra going by. Okay. You know, because he was saying, I am so lucky to be able to see this as a traffic, you know, to see this is my traffic jam. I am the lucky, so lucky to see this. And I know you know what that looks like. Yes, yes, exactly. So, so you're, yeah, you're asking about um, the raising, uh, raising consciousness and what that's about and also just about um, experiences in travel and, and mm-hmm. how that affects me. Were those the two major questions? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Well, um, in terms of raising consciousness, I think um, here's another acronym, but when, when, like as I was saying earlier, when you see things um, and you, you kind of put it into your own mind and into your own experience and being, um, that, that is what is going to be reflected back to you more and more even when you don't see like zebras crossing the, the the, mm-hmm. the street, whatever, mm-hmm. um, it'll it'll st- still be a, mind, a thought in your mind, and it can be good or it can be bad. But if you want it to help help yourself in certain ways, it can be it can help raise your consciousness. Because this uh, this again that gets back to the acronym mantra too. Because the more you have this in your consciousness, the more that that is what you're going to experience in life, in your own life. And so, this is critical uh, for our environment. Because, um, you know, to the extent people sense, uh, sense their own sense of worth and, and respect it, that's also how they will experience, I think, 
the environment around them, that which they uh, actually depend upon for their life. But they're going to experience it in that way. So if, if you can have more experiences of that, then that's, I believe, going to raise your consciousness for caring about everything around you. So it's really the, um, the truth is that everything, uh, I think everything is connected, linked together. It's a whole. And understanding that the inner environment is the also directly affects the outer environment. The inner environment is a sense of our own thinking inside of ourselves, our own consciousness. And the outer environment is like we're talking about uh, everything around us, including animals, nature, um, even, you know, storms, wind, all the elements uh, of the environment. And so that's why the two are connected in terms of raising our consciousness because the more we have, we are conscious about more, the more things, the more we care about them. And then the more I think we're moved to act to, to support those things that you love. So that's, that's the, the central crux of raising consciousness as it relates to the environment. Because I think, like I was saying, I, work on, I worked on public policy to change laws in the state of California and nationally as well. And the policy was about how to protect the environment, how to protect our water how to also promote um, economic development so, so it doesn't leave people, um, you know, stranded and desperate to do whatever they can to bring in the money which, which to basically care for themselves. And I think that, that kind of uh, situation is what breeds uh, a lack of consciousness uh, for our environment as well as, um, you know, sometimes a lot of us, you know, our, our most experience getting our food was essential from packages and from the supermarket, not from where they actually came from. And so mm-hmm. that consciousness along with, um, you know, wanting, uh, wanting to get something because you want it because you're hungry and that will gratify you. Um, and you don't really think about maybe the, all the things that go into what you're eating and being grateful for those things. And so, um, so, the nature is affected by our economic well-being and, and how that affects how we think about nature as well and wh- whether we can, um, if we want to actually improve it, I think by being conscious of it and acting on that thinking um, will help it. So that's the basis for raising consciousness, why I think it's important, and how I think um, a lot of these soul pals, many of them are animals, can help bring about the raising of consciousness. So. Um, this and I think the raising of consciousness, like the word raising, implies that it's a it's a continual uh, journey of elevation of your consciousness. And in these stories, um, each each different chapter goes to a higher altitude with the with the animals that are that are a part of it and the characters that are in. It. And so I, I also say the book is raising altitude as you raise your attitude, because your attitude is directly related to how you're thinking. And so it's another metaphor, but I think it works in, in a lot of ways because the greater our, our attitude about things, our thinking about things, the greater our consciousness. Mm. Mm-hmm. And so that, 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 that sorry, that, go ahead. And I was going to answer your second question if you want. Okay. Um I, I, just, just, just go where you're going, Andrew, because we're following. Okay. And I got, I've got two messages coming here. One from uh, James in Utah, and he says, 
Yes. This is one of the best guests you've ever had. Thank you so much. Oh, well, and uh wow. Uh, and uh, and Louise in yeah. Tennessee just said the same, similar mm-hmm. thing. Louise in Tennessee said, "I I listened to this tonight. I was waiting for this show. Um, I am wait. Let me get let me get my light on here." And she says, "Thank mm-hmm. you so much, uh, uh, Mr. Michael. You're, you're speaking the truth, and this is something that um, everyone should read this, and everybody should listen to this because we don't have." Uh, that much uh, a time to save the planet. So uh, she said, thank mm-hmm. you so very much. And thank you, uh, Louise, for, for your comment. Well, th- thank you um, very much. Well, that's very gratifying to hear that. And um, uh, so a l- little bit more about um, the way, the effect that uh, travel has had on me in terms of learning about people and the environment and the animals around me. Um, there's there's one story in here which I'm really uh, excited for people to hear about and learn about, uh, read about, which is called Jaded, <clears throat> Jaded in the Forest of Lake Chad. And these stories, even though they're they're fictional, they're based on facts about people, animals, and the environment. They're really they are real truths that I've learned learned about them. And so in this case, um, this is a story about uh, an elephant in in the heart of Africa near Lake Chad, which is a real lake. And um, the deal is the Lake Chad has um, evaporated to a mere 5% of what it was, you know, 50 years ago. So mm-hmm. this giant lake is now only 5% of it for a couple of reasons, which are described in the story. One is how people uh, use, use the water from the lake. There's, there's been a fair amount of irrigation to, to, grow, to grow crops and things like that. And that's affected the, the amount of water in the lake, as well as, and equally as important as the change in the climate, which has led to greater evapor- evaporation of the water and less water overall in the lake. And anyway, the the story is about these elephants that um, migrate to and from Lake Chad. And and I when I first started learning about Lake Chad, um, I saw that you know this this little this huge lake had become this little puddle. And the thing that interested me most is I saw a satellite uh, picture of this, and it showed it in, from 1960 and what it looked like in 1990. And between that time, um, it was interesting because even though the, the water had shrunk, the actually greenery around that lake had increased. And I just found that so fascinating and totally, to me, counterintuitive because uh, what I what I came to understand is that even though the the water had gone down the water table below the lake, plus when you have uh, a lot of rainfall in the rainy season, together would would create a lot of greenery, and that's exactly what, for instance, an elephant would want to be in that environment because they graze to to live. They're they're also vegetarian, um, and so that. That's a that's a fascinating thing, but there's a challenge in in doing that. This again is based on truth. Is there there's a, a poaching that happens in this area because on the black market, um, elephants tusks and those kind of things fetch a high price, and people are are basically poaching them, selling the, the parts of these animals that are valuable, like the ivory. And um, anyway, so the case is. There, there are a lot of people involved in this situation because in Africa, 
there's the people that obviously the indigenous and then people that live there. There are also a lot of people coming from outside, like um, um, there are other Africans that have been involved in various wars in their own countries that have, may have ended, have ended. And now these people are looking for income and they also have a lot of weapons. And so some of these people have literally created bands of terrorists, terrorist bands like uh, Boko Haram. And they actually are going out to hunt animals as part of their way of making money, poach animals. And so, so there's, there's people that speak Arabic there. And also the Chinese are very involved in Africa. They're the number one investors in Africa, I would say, primarily to extract natural resources, not necessarily beneficial to a lot of the people that live there. And mm-hmm. so there, but there are a lot of Chinese in there, and there's some investments that they make, I'm sure, that are, are helpful too. But overall, this is the situation. So you have Chinese there, you have Arab, people that speak Arabic, um, and also you have the, the indigenous people, the people that live there. And so this was interesting because I, I was realizing as, as they're trying to deal with, um, you know, poaching, there are all these different languages. And so people, um, one thing about perception, the way a lot of us think, I think, is that we are what, what we are accustomed to is what we tend to are familiar with, and that's what we tend to see and hear more of. <laughs> So it was interesting because the, the words in Arabic and Chinese and the sound of those words, along with the, the native language there, um, that some of the words have uh, different meanings, even though uh, the sounds of the words, rather, have different meanings to people that are listening to them based on what they're expecting to hear. So a Chinese mm-hmm. might hear a word about um, a word that sounds like jade, but it means something else. Uh, means something else to other people. Arabic people um, are listening to the, the same sound, and they they hear the word means um, means mamba or uh, snake, mm-hmm. and they also hear um, they also hear other ominous things like they're they're being warned, um, you know, watch out because this is dangerous. Don't continue because there are different ways that that can be broadcast. Uh, to to the people that are there to protect them, um, and then and the Africans also have a different uh, different meaning for the same sound. And so what that showed me is, and and all these sounds actually um, can be used for the benefit of of the effort, which is to prevent their from being poached. And and this taught me a lot about perception and how important it is for us to. Um, broaden our perspective and our perception so that we're not uh, trapped in only uh, experiencing and seeing things based on what we are used to hearing and seeing. And and that was important for me just as understanding, uh, to better understand myself and hopefully help other people realize that the more we can broaden our perspective, the more we can understand things around us and also not be uh, trapped in a, a limited thinking. That, that's just an example. And each of those uh, uh, animals in the story are soul files, and they have, they have a, in addition to what they're doing in the story and what they're, how they're acting, um, also the spelling of their name has an acronym, uh, acronym monster power to it. So that, that's why, and, and that, I'm sorry, all that comes from 
my experience of being able to travel among different people that speak different languages and to understand uh, that's the power of perception and to be aware of that. Mm. Mm, my. If you've just tuned in, I'm talking to Andrew P. Michael, and his new book is A Rising Soul Pals. Keep your eyes on the rise. And if, and by the way, uh, if, uh, some people tell me uh, there's a gal named Becca that I know is, is in, um, is not too far from me in Atlanta, and she tells mm-hmm. me that she listens to the show when she's driving on the way home. She has a long drive home from work. So people who are riding or listening while they jog, just want you to know that I will be sharing information on how to get Michael's, uh, Andrew Michael's new book on all of my social media, uh, whether it's Madam Perry Salon or my personal social media, as well as uh, information on Partnership for Change, the nonprofit that, of which you are co-director. I'll be sharing all of that, too. If I could just read, if you don't mind, um, the acknowledgement paragraph. Oh, thank you. Do you mind? Please, thank you. No, no, thank you. Okay. Uh, From uh, from a rising soul, pals, uh, keep your eyes on the rise. The acknowledgement paragraph, to me, this is so beautiful. Uh, The core of manifestation is acknowledging what you love and having confidence and what you would like more of in your life. I acknowledge with gratitude people who taught me about the power of acknowledgement as core to creating your life. What you acknowledge thinking, seeing, feeling, and hearing now grows to become how you will live in the future. I just think that Thank you. Just that, that. That paragraph alone has so, has so much beauty and, and meaning in it, and such uh, such good lessons for all of us to, to live by. Makes my soul feel good just to read it. I do have no. to say one thing to you. Um, I've got so much more about which I want to talk with you. Would you mind? And I know I'm putting you. I don't mean to put you on the spot since you're on the air. Mm-hmm. But would you mind if I talk to your publicist again and ask if you can come back? Oh, I'd be honored. That would be wonderful. Thank okay, you. I, I, yeah, got... I, I really – go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, sorry. No, no, go ahead, please. I was going to say I've got so much, so much more to, to ask you and also about Partnerships for Change um, as well as your new book, A Rising Soul Pals. And um, keep your eyes on the rise. I've got so much more to ask you and listen to. And I, I know you're an incredibly busy man, but if you could um, fit me in any time soon in your schedule, I would I would just be honored to have you here. And okay, all right. And um, Madam Perry would be an honor. Madam Perry would be an honor. Thank you. Uh, it's an honor to me. And I just got a message from uh, this is this is Drew who lives in Arizona. He says. I'm so glad you asked him that. So, yeah, Drew, believe me, you'll be one of the first people I let know. I will, I will put out the word when we get it, uh, when we get to Michael's schedule again. So, thank you for for uh, uh, confirming or uh, acknowledging that. So, thanks. Uh, I, I wish you uh, much success with this book, as well as partnerships for change, but so much uh, 
you've put so much uh, of your education and your attitude and your work and your ability to travel into so much good for the rest of us. And I wish you all success uh, with this book. I can tell it's going to be successful. And again, I'll be sharing it everywhere for people uh, to find it easily. And thank you. This is, this is going to be an absolute hit. I am delighted to have That's had you here tonight. To yeah, thank you very much. I look forward to speaking again with you. Really a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. I, I feel so as well. So um, I will reach Ashley. So um, unless, you're, unless you're just being very polite to me, like some Southerners do, you know, like we'll say one thing to people no. and go. <laughs> you know, no, I know people no, think it's, it's all real. bless your heart. but <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, thank you. I'm very honored in that. No, I'm not joking. It's more like a authentic thing. Like I've got a lot of zebras going through me. Oh, good. Good. I'm very glad. All right. Well, this is where I'm going to say, folks, uh, thank everyone for listening and for sharing this and for your, your comments, reviews, and sharing with other people. I am so grateful to you each and every one. And um, I'm going to close out with, uh, hey, this is my song. Everybody's got to swing. And I think we need to swing toward, uh, well, let me get to these um Acronym Mantra Powers. Uh, this is not an ac- acronym, but it's called Everybody's Got to Swing. And uh, I-, I think that speaks for itself. <laughs> okay. So, everybody, be good to yourselves, be good to each other. I think you're wonderful. And I'll see you next Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.